you to this episode of Brain World. So today I'll be talking about one of the most important decisions made in my country. That is the decriminalization of the LGBTQ community. So I'll be talking about everything that is about how the law came into effect, the journey of queer people and the struggle it took to lead to the law, the infamous section 377 being scraped. So for this podcast, I'll be using some Hindi words because, well, it's all about India. But I'll make sure that I explain their meaning to you as we go on so that none of us feels lost. Now, things that I say on this episode are strictly my opinions only and I hope we all understand it and appreciate it and, well, respect it. Uh, also, this podcast will include terms that aren't for minors, so I, listener discretion is advised. I sincerely mean it. So, without further ado, let's begin. The very first, the start. Year 1861, the year when the British introduced Section 377. Thomas Macaulay, he drafted this section in 1838 and it was modeled on the Buggery Act of 1533. Now, the term buggery refers to an unnatural sex against God's will and it criminalized anal penetration, bestiality and homosexuality. Now, this was a time when India was under the British rule. Britishers colonialized India and with them they brought a wave of change. Now, for Indian people who have studied history, basically anybody who has studied Indian history, they know the extent of injustice, the extent of torture and the stripping of power that Indians faced. Not to mention that it almost took us a century to break free of of this cycle and become an independent democratic nation. Although the country was free on the stroke of midnight of the 15th of August in the year 1947, there was a community that still lay hidden. Now, they were hidden because even though the British left, the laws that they had imposed on us, they were still in effect. And it was a bittersweet feeling for that community. Now, now let's go back before the British colonization to ancient India. Now, ancient Indian texts, inscriptions and paintings on temple walls, now they clearly don't approve of homosexuality, but the repeated references do acknowledge its existence in those days. For example, in the temples of Khajuaro, located in Madhya Pradesh. Now, Madhya Pradesh is basically, Madhya means middle and Pradesh means a land. So, Madhya Pradesh basically daps back in the middle of India. So, in that, in Khajuaro, there are images of women erotically embracing other women and men displaying their genitals to each other. Now, scholars, now they generally explained it as an acknowledgement that people did ex-, ex Now, scholars generally explained this as an acknowledgement that people did engage in homosexual acts and that it was present in that time. So, it was a, it was a recognition, it was a subtle way of recognizing it not such no not so subtle per se but you get what i mean also in the valmiki ramayana now valmiki ramayana means the ramayana that was written by the great sage valmiki so ramayana is one of the most important mythological books in hindu scriptures in hindu culture so yeah it holds a lot of importance now in valmiki ramayana lord rama who is basically the hero of the story his devotees, his main devotee, as in Lord Rama's devotee and companion Hanuman. Hanuman, he is said to have seen Rakshas women kissing and embracing each other. So Rakshas basically means 
a monster so he so hanuman basically saw demon women kissing and embracing each other now in another place the ramayana tells the tale of a king named dilip now dilip had two wives but sadly dilip died without leaving an heir so dilip he died without leaving an heir and the story goes on to st- say that lord shiva who is the hindu god of destruction and rebirth he appeared in the dreams of the widowed queens and he told them that if they made love to each other they might have a child so the kings the queens basically did as ordained by lord shiva and then one of them got pregnant now they gave birth to a child who went on to become the famous king bagirath now bagirath is basically known for having brought the river ganga from heaven to earth now ganga or ganges as you all know that so bagirath ha- did not have a slight ro- role to play and knowing that he was he was the offspring of two women makes it more apparent that homosexuality was very normalized in scriptures as well and my personal favorites a story from mahabharata now mahabharata is also an a very important indian scripture and it's basically a long story it's a long poem which explains all the deeds of the gods everything that happened at that time so it's it's a very important book as well now mahabharata has an interesting story about shikantini now shikantini was a gender fluid warrior of that time and was responsible for the defeat and killing of bhishma now bhishma was one of the kaurava and kauravas were were the bad guys in the book they were not cool people basically <laughs> now shikantini was a daughter of king king drupada and king drupada made sure that he raised shikantini as a boy as a prince so that he could take revenge from his old enemies now drupada even got shikantini married to a woman so that his steps his stature as a prince is firmly embedded in the eyes of in the eyes of the public and in the eyes of everybody basically now after shikandini's wife discovered the reality she was revolted and then the day was saved when and the day was saved when shikandini was uh, saved by divine intervention and was gifted with manhood and f- since then shikandini lived like a hermaphrodite throughout their own, their entire life now this is one of the many things that do favor and do acknowledge the the existence of homosexuality in ancient scriptures they acknowledge it they know that the offsprings that came you know by divine power the when they when they basically came into existence they did not have slight roles to play and that it wasn't bad considering how it was a, was in a scripture and not punished so this is the only the good side on the other hand uh, the famous law code which is named as manusmriti now it provided for punishment of homosexual men and women so manusmriti says that if a girl has sex with another girl she is liable for a fine of 200 coins and 10 whiplashes but if lesbian sex is performed by a mature woman on a girl her head should be shaved or two of her fingers cut off as punishment so this was the extent of this was basically this was basically ex- the extremes of what the laws the teachings and basically how things worked at that time that at once on one side people actually appreciated it the people were okay with it 
and on the other side you could get punished you could get killed and you could be maimed just for you know just making love for some to somebody who was your own gender and so yeah that's how fucked up the laws were and this is one of the many things queer people went through they lived in shadows and they have no safe place nowhere to feel at home so and this went on for a long time and by that i really mean a long time in 1991 so i'm going to jump on to times which are more modern than ancient india so that we all get a clear picture of how it completely starts now so i'm going to just come so in 1991 when a document which detailed the experiences of gay people in india is released by the aids bhedbhav virodhi andolan which is basically an organization fighting discrimination against those affected by hiv or aids now this 70 page report revealed the shocking extent of blackmail of extortion and the violence that gay people face and especially at the hands of the police and this wasn't this wasn't a well hidden fact this everybody knew this gay people were tortured they were usually killed and nobody could nobody could talk anything nobody could go against it because that's how things were they were stereotyped by the society they were beaten up for no reason they were put into jail and so yeah they did not have a safe place to go to where even the police did not whether even the police was ruthless against them now this report now the report that bedbhav uh, virodhi aids bedbhav virodhi andolan uh released now the report called for the reappeal of like legislation that discriminated against members of the lgbt community including the section 377 but when this report was actually released at the press club of india journalists were so embarrassed that they didn't even raise a single question and then things stayed the same in december 2001 the nas foundation which is a basically a sexual health ngo which exclusively works with gay men it filed a public interest legislation which is also known as pil in the delhi high court where it challenged the constitutionality of section 377 and it called for the leg- and it basically called for the legislation of homosexuality now their appeal went on till september 2004 which is 3 years i know now delhi high court dismissed the case saying that there is no cause of action because this report was put on as an academic issue and it just ignored it saying that academic issues cannot be talked about and then this review petition which was filed by nas was also dismissed a few months later now after this nas foundation tried to apply for a leaf petition you know as government always does the delhi high court suddenly began to show interest in this topic and it and just stated that it might be of public interest now voice and in the coming months voices against 377 which is basically a coalition bit of ngos it joined the petition while india's ministry of home affairs had filed an affidavit against the decriminalization of homosexuality so this went on long july 2009 when a landmark judgment in a landmark judgment the delhi high court bench which consisted of pretty influential lawyers they they struck down section 377 and it said that it violates the fundamental rights of life liberty and equality as enshrined in the indian constitution basically everything that made india the democ- democracy it is but 
where there is there are supporters there are critics as well and a critic who was whose name is Suresh Kumar Kaushal who is a Delhi based astrologer and he among many other critics they challenged the court's decision now he among many others they challenged the court's decision in the supreme court and then the lgbtq community suffered a significant blow when the supreme court overturned the delhi high court judgment again saying that section 377 isn't that important enough and that it does not need that much of and and ba- they basically stated that section 377 does not have to be decriminalized there's no need for that to be done and then things basically just again came back to square one and between these time people of the queer community they lived in constant fear because women were being raped um also being in a patriarchal society it just changes things yeah so in july 2016 navdeep singh johar who is a award winning bharatnatyam dancer now bharatnatyam is indian classical dance so he filed a writ petition in the supreme court which challenged section 377 along with further high profile indians now in july 2016 navdeep singh johar who is basically an award winning bharatnatyam dancer Bharatnatyam is basically Indian classical dance. He filed a petition in the Supreme Court and he challenged the section 377 along with other high profile Indians. Now this verdict now this petition came in response. Now this petition was filled by six individuals. Now they include Gautam Yadav of Hamsafa Trust. Ritu Dalima who is a chef and identifies as lesbian and owns the restaurant chain Diva. Keshav Suri who is ex- executive de- director of the Lalit Suri Hospitality Group Urvi who is a transgender wom- woman who is an research intern at the Indian Institute of Technology Bombay Arif Zafar of Bharosa Trust in Lucknow and Akai Padmashali who is a transgender rights activist so these people are pretty influential in the Indian society and them filing in petitions standing their ground and saying that okay this is not going to continue because we are not being given the recognition that we deserve we are not being given the rights that we actually deserve and this just started off a revolution completely just changing the face of war, of the queer community in india now a nine judge supreme court bench they started hearing petitions saying that sexual orientation is an essential attribute of privacy so they were like discrimination on basis of your sexuality your sexual orientation is basically very deeply offensive to the dignity and the self worth of the individual and this continued and uh, and in july 2018 a five judge bench of the supreme court they began hearing the petitions filed by johar and the other high profile indians against section 377 now supporters of the claim sub, now supporters of the law they claim that the spread of sexually transmitted diseases and you know quote the typical <laughs> disintegration of you know india's traditional values and laws and all that so they were like india is going to ruin it's going to fall apart if we allow these animals to 
basically do what they want but many of the judges many of the justices they made encouraging comments saying that it's not an aberration but it's a variation in the fabric of society so you're not basically just wiping completely wiping everything that we have down we're just trying to make more addition to it to make it more inclusive more diverse now this central government affidavit uh, they left the decision to the court's wisdom so basically it left it all to the supreme court supreme court decided to reserve its judgment and then a few months later on september 2018 the verdict came and then the supreme court decided to scrap section 377 which chief justice mishra he described as irrational indefensible and manifestly arbitrary and that marked a triumph end to lengthy struggle for justice and that day the queer community in my country breathed freely rainbow flags waved all over the country and every news channel was filled with happy faces of people who had struggled for too long and they found a solace in a country that basically was beginning to accept them now th- now section 377 was based on deep rooted gender stereotypes saying that a man is supposed to do this and a woman is supposed to do this and it was about time that somebody says that this is not how things going to work and that a change was necessary and finally that change arrived on september 2018 now personally i remember scrolling through my twitter feed and soon as i heard of the news i rushed to the bathroom and i cried i cried my heart out now how many years we try to tell ourselves we try to explain it to the society the fact that we are just not heterosexual the fact that we are not so what the society expects us to be now unsurprised however some still question the significance of an act of coming out now the psychological trauma of being queer in a patriarchal society like india it not everybody can understand that now it is understandable because empathy is a dying virtue and not everybody has to live a life of anonymity to be unable to confide in their loved ones about relationships about heartbreak about liking somebody and to be socialized on thousands of hours of entertainment music news media everything that just shows heteronormativity as that just shows heterosexuality as a norm with outright absence or embarrassing representation of queer characters as often the sidekick or just put in for the humor quotient now belonging to a country that decriminalized homosexuality which brought on a wave of change to a newer better india my country is still riddled with taboos which yeah one might expect in a traditionally cultural and patriarchal society now today homosexuality and queer identities may be more accepted in indian youths than ever but their boundaries to be fully acceptable are still a close knit circle now in urban india social and corporate in, corporate initiatives they use their power to increase the awareness of lgbtq rights but they expose a very small part of the diverse challenges faced by the community now aside from the pride parades the meetups the lgbtq festivals there's a very dark side of how rural india deals with lgbtq individuals although it's still not a, it's not a crime although it's not a crime to be a homosexual anymore secret honor killings public isolation disowning abuse is just the few things 
rural people rural queer people go through now trans men and women are disowned in fear of bringing bad name to the family lesbian women are often subjected to family sanctioned corrective rapes while trans men and women are disowned in fear of bringing bad name to the family lesbian women are often subjected to family sanctioned corrective rapes often perpetrated by family members to cure them of homosexuality now this spray paints a very grim picture of the poor condition in my country so even though we are free there's still a long way to go yet now yet the queer community now we all stand strong we fight for our rights every single day the small ones and the large ones from having to face the stereotypes put on us to being constantly humiliated we all take it into stride and we choose not to let it weaken us now typically heteronormative and traditional expectations often cause brown kids like me to strengthen their resolve to stand out personally for me I came out as a bisexual first and that was a time when I still questioned because growing up in a country where heteronormativity was the norm where you were expected to be straight you were expected there's a charm circle which you're expected to be in and that is basically just having a good education getting married having kids etc etc now that is what an indian society expects of you and even if you are one or two points when even if you don't satisfy the criteria if you don't take the boxes of the set criteria you are not the part of the circle you are shamed you are you are disowned and that is what that is the truth that is the reality many of us indians face and typically now initially as a scared bisexual i was i was worried about what people might react so i kept it to myself now the trauma the psychological trauma that you know not being straight brings is that you have to keep things to yourself there's nobody for you to confide in and that just leads on to anxiety it leads to mental health problems that many of us do face so that is a continuous cycle and that needs to be broken because having somebody having an adult having somebody to talk to about these things is very important now it might be difficult for somebody that is the heterosexual people to walk a mile in the shoes of an outsider that is people like us but it's not impossible it was it was the effort of these amazing amazing individuals who wanted to make a change who wanted our country to be more inclusive to be more welcoming to the people who generally do not fit in what the what the country says is right so now today demands the courage of those who haven't yet braved their own biases fears and insecurities what we need as allies what we need is people to have our backs we need people to go like okay the fact that your your sexual orientation is different from mine doesn't make you less of a human that does not make you different from me we're all the same so it is an opportunity for the triumph of love between fellow citizens and a moment to value the struggle of queer indians the struggle that we go through every day how strongly must we love knowing that we are unconvicted felons under section 377 my lords this is the love that must be constitutionally recognized and not just sexual acts these were the lines during final arguments in navteej singh johar in which guru swami move the courtroom to tears and cause the judges to listen with great intent 
Now today with the coming out of her and Kaju, LGBTQ women, LGBTQ lawyers and LGBTQ Indians at large, we all bask in this moment of magnificence that leads to our struggle and not just a voice but a soulful song. Now love is an ethereal quality that is a life force of human relationship but on most occasion transcends words. Love is no slave to human constructs of caste, gender, religion, language and race. Moments like this, moments like the beautiful day when my country finally decriminalized something that wasn't wrong in the first place. It is an act of bravery in the face of everything that tells us that love is wrong. Today, the color of love and courage is so unmistakably similar. You couldn't tell the two apart. We are the children of the rainbow and we are here to make the world a better place. And in this moment of history, love is courage. And in this moment of history, love is love.